So, you will be listening to the first ever Fan Friday on the When the Bell Tolls a Big Cuz podcast. We're going to be doing this every Friday. We may skip one or two, but we'll be trying to do this every Friday. I'll be posing the question on uh, social media platforms and looking for fan involvement. So if you're interested about just giving me some advice or some questions, or if you'd ever like to be on the podcast, just give me a follow and let me know. On tonight, when with When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz, we're going to be discussing a new segment on our podcast called Fan Friday. I put a question out on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and wanted to know some of the fans' information, maybe some of their Mount Rushmore top fans, anything they wanted to hear be discussed on this podcast. Well, I got two, one from Matt, one from Joe. Their suggestion was, Matt's was worst storylines of all time, which I'm only going to pick, I picked four random ones that I've experienced, or one has two parts, so five, and we'll just talk a little bit about each one of them, and then Joe's was dumbest gimmicks, so we've got, looks like, nine guys on this list that we're going to discuss, and go about how maybe... They could have been tweaked, or maybe they shouldn't. They should have never have been given that gimmick to debut with in the first place. So we're going to start off tonight. I am by myself tonight, so it is just me, Big Cuz, here on the podcast tonight. Matty Ice is working, and Joe, or Little Cuz, and Yawn Man are doing their own thing. So it is just me, Big Cuz, tonight on the podcast. So we're going to start off with worst storylines. And the one I want to start with is a two-parter. And I put any pregnancy storyline, and I'm talking stuff like Lita and Kane when Snitsky caused the miscarriage and then the birth and then he punted the baby into the first row. Stuff like that. Nobody benefited from that storyline at all. Snitsky's not even in the company anymore. None, neither of the ones involved, Kane, Lita, Snitsky, are even active anymore. So, I mean, it did, did not benefit anybody from the get-go. There was no reason to have that storyline even in play. And it's been done over and over and over. Look at Mark Henry and Mae Young. They announced Mae Young was pregnant with Mark Henry's kid. Well, it came out as a hand. Which, on one of the Raw reunion shows, they brought some dude in a hand costume as their kid. I mean, it makes people palm their head. I mean, they, you see it, and they're just shaking their head. Somehow, that storyline got passed through all the writers, and Vince McMahon thought it was a chuckle-chuckle, and he passed it on through. And the other part of this is any wedding storyline. I'm not a fan of it. And I'm talking stuff like when Three Minute Warning debuted. I'm talking Lana and Lashley's wedding. I'm talking the only one that's ever really worked for was Test and Stephanie's wedding in the 90s when Triple H played the video of a knockout Stephanie McMahon agreeing to marry Triple H instead of Test. That's the only one ever benefited. It benefited Triple H only, not Test. Test took a step back, but it benefited Triple H. That was the only one that really worked. And you can look, maybe Macho Miss Elizabeth back in the day where Jake the Snake and Taker got involved in it, but 
the wedding storylines are going to happen. They're not going to ever be written off TV. But they're going to always be there. But I'm not a big fan of them. So that's why I included them in the worst storylines. My second one is who hit Stone Cold? I guess they were going off with the, just the Dallas thing of who shot JR. And we didn't know for a long time who was the driver of the car that struck Stone Cold and put him out of action. It could have been The Rock, Triple H, maybe someone from his past getting revenge. Ultimately, it was revealed, and spoiler alert to those who may not know, Rikishi. Of all the people in the whole company, you put it on Rikishi. I understand at that point they were trying to push him as a huge single star. That doesn't work. Rikishi is a niche market that works better in a tag team situation. I mean, he should not have been the driver. And his excuse was, he did it for the rock. He did it for the people. Come on. He did it so the rock could get back over. The rock had no problems at all. Even with Austin not in the picture. So that that is just blows my mind that Vince thought, you know what? Let's give it to the big Samoan. He's the one that drove the car that hit Stone Cold. No, it would have blown the roof off if it had been revealed as Triple H. Maybe The Rock. No, let's put it on Rikishi. So, at, while the first part of it's a great storyline, the reveal part of it's my worst storyline. The next one, the anonymous Raw GM. <sighs> I mean, we all know what it was like. We'd get those email, the blip, doodle-doop, throughout most matches and the whole night, and Michael Cole would read off, I'm reading a message from the anonymous Raw General Manager. And it would just be the dullest stuff on the night. I mean, some of it was interesting. But the big reveal was it was Hornswoggle. Of all people, Hornswoggle. I mean, you could have put maybe a John Cena, a debuting star that had hacked the system. No, you put it on Hornswoggle, which he'll be involved in another one of these miniseries about worse storylines. But what a waste of a storyline to have the anonymous Raw GM be Hornswoggle. It could have been done so much better, even with different people. Maybe have someone like a returning Mr. Kennedy. Someone like that would have been great for it. No, we got Hornswoggle. And the last one is not a WWE one. It's one that I saw very little of growing up. Because I lived in the South. This is a Philly-based promotion. Was ECW's segment where they crucified the Sandman. And I'm talking about they put him on a cross put a crown of barbed wire on his head and stood him up like he was Jesus Christ. I mean, that was one of the worst, if not the worst rated segment in ECW history. It was incredible heat on all of those involved, including such that Raven had to come back out and break kayfabe and apologize to anyone he offended in the crowd. I'm not sure how in the world Paul Heyman approved that. To begin with. I don't understand it. Stuff like that does not need to be in the company. And it was even rumored that Kurt Angle was most... Well, he was on that show. He was looking to get into wrestling. And ECW was his first stop. 
And he told Paul Heyman, I'll take my check. If I appear on this, you'll find a lawsuit. Angle's a devout Christian and did not take lightly to this portrayal of the crucifixion of Jesus. So, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I understand ECW is edgy and all this stuff, but there's no reason to recreate that. So, that was some of the worst storylines that were put up to me to answer and all this stuff. And they could have done Raven and Sandman so much different. They could have done all these different. They would have been huge storylines. But, unfortunately, that was not the way they played out. Alright, so now we're going to move on to our dumbest gimmicks. This was portrayed and asked me by Little Cuz, my brother. And... I mean, we've got nine guys on this list. Four of mine, two are Matt's, three are Joe's. So, we each have different ones. And some, I'm going to talk about how they could probably tweak them into, they could have made them work. Some of these guys did turn out to be great stars. So, the first guy on the list was put, was put up by my brother. His was Oz. In WCW, in case you don't know, Oz was portrayed as the great and powerful Oz, the guy from Wizard of Oz. Green smoke, green outfit, green hat, blonde hair, white contact lenses. Portrayed by Kevin Nash. I mean, good thing for Nash that he was able to find a gimmick that worked with him eventually and stuck. He did not have to do Oz. Oz could have been so bigger, so much bigger. But, I mean, he went, he had Vinny Vegas, Oz, Diesel, and then he found his market as just Kevin Nash. How hard would that have been to do from the get-go? No, we put him in green smoke and a green cape. Next up on Joe's list was Glacier. I remember watching vignettes for Glacier. And when he debuted, I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. Then his outfit was just the dude was the dude from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And Glacier could fight. That's the sad thing. He was gifted this terrible gimmick. But he made it work. And he's even made sporadic appearances throughout the years he was on ring of honors uh one of their battle royals as glacier that two or three years ago so it's not been too long but then they brought in guys like mortis other characters from mortal Kombat. i mean this was given to chris canyon and both of these could have been great stars had they just been something other than mortal Kombat stars so those were my brother's three so we had Oz, Glacier, Mortis so far on the list. Next up is Matty Isis. His first one was kind of intriguing to me. Was Rocky Maivia, which all of us know turned out to be The Rock. But when he debuted, he looked like Maui from Moana with a jerry curl. Smiling away, everything. I mean, it just it worked for him at that moment. But it would never have lasted in the company. He would have been in and gone in less than a year. But 
Thank goodness he got put with the Nation of Domination and then eventually became the Great One and strapped a rocket to his back and never looked back. But just think, he was started out as Rocky Maivia. Now he with a Jerry Curl. Next up on Matt's list was the Gobbledygooker, which if you don't know, debuted at Survivor Series 1990. Could be wrong on the day, but the year, but it was Survivor Series. It's a big turkey. It is a dancing turkey that only Mean Gene Okerlund understood and could talk with. There was talks the whole time of what's in that egg. The egg went on for months. Could it be returning Andre? Could it be Hulk Hogan? Could it be a new debut? And it's a big turkey. And thank goodness the other man on that debut card that night, so it was 90, was The Undertaker. I'm, thank the heavens, they did not put the dead man in the egg. He would have been dead to rights, no pun intended. But the gobbledygooker is one of the most, is the dumbest gimmick, but also one of the most memorable gimmicks of all time. So on my list, I've got one new guy and a couple guys and another one that, thank God, it turned out better for him. So I'll start off with Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS, a dentist with horrible teeth. And if we all know wrestling, this was portrayed by Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knox County, who, after Dr. Isaac Yankum became fake diesel, and then Kane. The fake diesel may have been before Yankum, but he became Kane. Thank the heavens he became Kane. Isaac Yankum was in a period where jobs were the cool thing to do in wrestling. We had Duke the Dumpster, Repo Man, and we had a dentist, a wrestling dentist, whose theme music was a dentist drill. Oh, Vince McMahon, you don't cease to amaze me. Next up on my list, Giant Gonzalez. This man was well over seven foot, if not eight foot tall. He debuted in WCW. He played for the Hawks in the NBA. Debuted WCW in boxing trunks, essentially what you would expect a big dude to wear. So when he comes to WWE, he's paired with Harvey Whippleman. And does he debut in shorts? Oh, no, no. They give him a full body suit that is spray painted with random patches of hair on them to look essentially like a shaved Sasquatch. (sighs) Of all the things to give a dude that size, you make him look like a shaved Sasquatch. And he wasn't very talented in the ring. Of course, at that size, not many people are. Look at Great Kali. Eventually, their bodies give way. He was, it could have been an attraction like Andre was. But the Giant couldn't wrestle. Could not wrestle at all. But I'm not even sure how you would tweak that to make it work. Unless you have him come in, destroy people, and then leave. And that would have been his short run of the company. Next up on my list is Big Daddy V. This is the world's largest love machine viscera this man was a part of the ministry of darkness with the undertaker 
He was one of the most intimidating men I ever grew up watching. This was a very, very large man who once broke the Undertaker's orbital socket when he sat on Taker's face. He was King Mabel. He won King of the Ring. And they made him the world's largest love machine. He came out in silk pajamas. Of all things to have him transition to, from a king to a general badass to a love machine, eh. But I can't say I'm shocked. They did the same thing with Great Kali. They made him a goofy partier. Vince, once again, never ceased to amaze me with the big guys. The last guy on my list, and the only reason I listed him, because he's a ripoff of a character of a gimmick that wasn't too far ahead of him. The guy on my list is No Way Jose. He is just an adaptation of Adam Rose. He's got a conga line where Adam Rose had a party line. I mean, he dances. Adam Rose danced. I, I for one, admit I have an exotic, ro- exotic express shirt that says Adam Rose on it. I support that thing proudly. That's why No Way Jose bugs me. He's just a ripoff of Adam Rose. He's very, very talented in the ring. He was just handed a terrible gimmick. It's like if Carlito and Adam Rose had a kid. I mean, he could be so much better, but he's once again saddled with a bad gimmick like the rest of the guys on this list. So those were just some of the the dumbest gimmicks that of all time that we've gone through so far. We will again do this kind of stuff more. So, these gimmicks and storylines were a huge part of wrestling in the early 2000s, 80s, 90s. And they got through the writing, ta- the writing room. They got through Vince McMahon. Somehow... I understand it's business and you've got to have goofy people, but still, what what a ridiculous take. So thank you all for listening. We covered Fan Friday with the worst storylines and dumbest gimmicks. I want to thank you for listening to the first ever Fan Friday on When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. We talked about stuff like the worst storylines, dumbest gimmicks. We had two faithful friends of the podcast send in information. So I want to thank Matty Ice and Little Cuz for sending in questions or stories and stuff they want to talk about. So I hope you hopefully we'll get more input next time. So I want to thank you all again for listening to When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. This has been your host, Big Cuz. Catch us next time. Thank you very much.